السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما مزيدا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الحديث هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة so we continue the Idnilai Ta'ala with um, the reading of Kitab uh, Siyam uh, from Umdat al Ahkam. And uh, we studied last week uh, two narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Idnilai Ta'ala. Today we will complete about four more narrations, inshallah. But before we continue, I'd like to inform my um, my brothers and my sisters that there will be an exam uh, at the end of this uh, studying of uh, Kitab al-Siyam. There will be questions pertaining to what we've studied, whether it's regarding the rulings that we've taken from the narrations, or the biography of some of the companions, how many narrations they narrated, their names, their full names and so forth. Well, inshallah the exam will be part of this. And uh, so my advice to um, my beloved brothers and sisters is um, seeing that of course we're fasting and in order to no doubt increase our focus that is important to jot down what we can from that which has been presented from the kalam of the ulama scholars as we're taking this from the ulama likes of Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin al-Alama and also Ibn Mulaqin and likewise Ibn Abdibar rahimullah ta'ala and Ibn Qayyim and Ibn Taymi we're taking from Muladith and also Sheikh al-Muhaddith al-Albani rahimullah ta'ala so my advice is to jot down what we can jot down inshallah and this is in accordance to the statement of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qayyudul ilm bil kitabah qayyudul ilm bil kitabah he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is mentioned in uh, the taqid al ilm li khatib al baghdadi rahimullah that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said engrave knowledge by writing engrave knowledge by writing so then we're using all of our senses inshallah they were listening reading the hadith and also writing so this will be um, more effective as it relates to the Talb al-Ilm we must be writing this is, you know, just listening. Uh, it can go in one ear and come out of the other. And revision becomes difficult. You need to be people who do taqeed, people who write and uh, take note. So inshallah we can remember and understand and be more focused as it relates to our general lessons. And that's not this lesson alone. This is for all of our studies. As Shaykhina Ubaid, Hafidullah Ta'ala, Shaykh, he said that one, when they're reading, they should take notes. And you find that it's from the Daydan and the way of uh, the ulama, as we see from Shaykhina Shaykh Abdullah Bukhari, Hafidullah Ta'ala, Kadalik, Al Alama, that he would have notes that he's taken from his durus with Sheikh Muhammad Aman Jami rahimullah. and when you sit in his lessons you can see the notes you can see his book and his pages full of ink due to the notes and benefits that he's taken 
And likewise, Shaykh al-Rabi' Al-Alam al-Muhaddith Hafidhullah ta'ala In his maktaba, in his libraries is full of books with his pen penmanship in the book his writing, his notes and even at his age when he is in his 90s you find that he um, would uh, would be taking notes constantly and he's got a pen in his hand with his book jotting down benefits researching like it was his first year in seeking in with that enthusiasm and this is why he is who he is from the ulama of this time Hafidhullah Ta'ala and what I'd like to say about Sheikh Rabi' is I've never seen in my short life of course anyone like Sheikh Rabi' in his adherence to the Sunnah and his eagerness in seeking ilm and his love for students of knowledge likewise Sheikh Ubaid eagerness in seeking ilm constantly seeking knowledge at their age and likewise Sheikh Abdul al-Bukhari he also has that characteristic I remember one time when the Sheikh Ta'ala, was in his house Sheikh Abdullah and he was talking about a mas'ala an issue that was disturbing him that he couldn't find the source of that issue and then he said I looked in Manhaj Sunnah of Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and I read all of Manhaj Sunnah and I couldn't find it Ikhwan this is nine volumes or so nine thick volumes just for looking for one issue the Sheikh said he read all he went through all of Manhaj Sunnah this is how the ulama are in seeking knowledge so this we're doing here is trying to uh, I- imitate them as much as we can, be it uh, uh, no comparison, but we should take our pens and papers and write and enjoy studying the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because there is nothing like it, studying the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As one of the salaf they used to say, we said to them, in the time of uh, uh, the ruler uh, uh, commanded that he should seclude and people should stay in their homes and it was said to him do you feel lonely that you are not mixing with the people and then he ta'ala, said how can I feel lonely and have this wahsha how can I have this wahsha this loneliness when I have the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his statements around me, enjoying it, there's no loneliness when we have the ilm and the knowledge of the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So I hope this, inshallah, would remind myself and my dear beloved brothers and sisters that why we're doing this is seeking ilm, seeking knowledge, and understanding the Deen of Allah, the Deen that He has subhanahu wa taala blessed mankind with. So we continue now with the hadith, the third hadith, hadith of Thalith, in this amazing chapter, Kitab al-Siyam, which is no doubt suitable for what we're doing right now in fasting. And that is the hadith an Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu an, qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tasahharu fa'inna sahur suhur baraka. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, take the pre-dawn prayer, um, f- meal, because verily, in it are blessings. In it are blessings. And uh, regarding this uh, narration, this hadith, we will deal with a few points in order to fully consume the amazing statement of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam here even though it's short it's a short narration take the pre-dawn meal because verily in it is blessings it's short but the meanings are immense and that is as the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said لَقَدْ أُوْتِيْتُ جُعَامِيَ الْكَلِمِ he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam في حديث صحيح 
that I have been given the ability to be succinct in speech where the meaning is immense and, and, and vast. Meaning small, small speech or short speech with vast meaning. So inshallah we try and see what we can benefit inshallah from the kalam of the ulama, scholars, the sunnah regarding this hadith. As promised, the first point we're going to deal with is the Tarjamatul Rawi. We're going to do a little biography on the narrator. This is the first time that we have, uh, we have uh, this narrator, Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And his name is Anas ibn Malik ibn al-Nadr al-Ansari al-Khazraji. He's from the Ansar, from the people of Medina. أَتَدْ بِهِ أُمُّهُ أُمْ سُلَيْمُ وَلَوْ عَشْرَ سَنِينَ حِينَ قَدَّمَ أَوْ قَدِمَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى الْمَدِينَةِ His mother, Umm Sulaym, she bought Anas ibn Malik al-Ansari al-Khazraji to the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم when he came to Medina and he migrated to Medina, the Hijrah to Medina and she said, Ya Rasulullah, هذا Anas ibn Malik غلامun yakhdimuka. غلامun yakhdimuka. So this is Anas ibn Malik, my young boy, I want him to serve you. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam make dua for him. And he says, Allahumma akthir malahu wa waladahu wa adkhilhu al-jannah. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved Anas ibn Malik. And he said, he made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this sahabi. He said, Oh Allah, make him wealthy, make his wealth plenty, and make him have many children, and enter in him, him into Jannah. And enter him into Jannah. And no doubt, the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, all of them are in Jannah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and all of them have been promised Husna from the Muhajireen and the Ansar, from those who were before the migration and those who embrace after the migration. All of them, Allah has promised Al Husna. And Al Husna is Jannah. Al Husna is Jannah. Allah has promised all of the companions the correct opinion is all of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are in Jannah. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made dua for Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. Allahumma akthir mala wa waladah wa adqil al-jannah. Increase him in his wealth, his children, offspring, and enter into paradise. And no doubt he was a rich man, Anas ibn Malik, who served the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a 10-year-old, was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy man, and um, he said, Anas ibn Malik, anhu, He said, I have obtained two of those things that the Messenger sallallahu made dua for him. He made dua for, for him to have wealth, to have uh, many offsprings, and for him to enter paradise. He says, I have seen both of them come to pass. That the dua and the supplication of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to pass. It was answered. Faqad. He said that um, he had over one hundred and twenty-five children, about one hundred and twenty-five children, and um, his agriculture latuth mirfisana maratain. And his harvest is twice a year. His harvest is twice a year in the wealth that he had, meaning that he had a lot of crops, which meant a lot of business for him. And the harvest was twice a year, which means that his wealth was continuous. So the Messenger wasallam made that dua for him. And he stayed a servant and a helper, khadim, to the Messenger wasallam, And with that he narrated a lot of narrations from the Messenger wasallam. And some of the ulama have said that he was from the last of those who died, from the Sahaba radiyallahu an. But the correct is that the correct opinion is that he was from the last, or not the exact last one who died from the companions 
but he lived a long life. And And then he went to Basra. He went to Basra, which is near Iraq. And he died in the year in the in the year ninety. In the year ninety. But some of the ulama, as we mentioned, said that he was a, uh, was uh, the last to die. But in fact, he was the last to die specifically in Basra. So when you're asked who was the last companion to die in Basra, I'm sure that you will say that Anas ibn Malik, anhu, the Khadim of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one that the Messenger made dua for, the one that narrated a lot of narrations from the Messenger وسلم, that his mom gave him to the Messenger وسلم, to serve him that he was the last to die in Basra Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Naam. after this uh, my beloved uh, brothers and sisters we will deal with some benefits that we can take from this hadith. And uh, before that, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned that one should take the suhoor, tasahharu, take the suhoor, yani the pre-door meal, because in the suhoor is a lot of Blessings, you know, a lot of barakah. Regarding this term suhoor, linguistically it can be pronounced as sahur bil fatih or suhoor bil dham. So the scene in the word sahur can be fatha, sahur, and it can also be suhoor with dhamma. And both have different meanings. If it's sahur bil fatha ma yu'kal wa yushrab fi sahar. Ay fi akhir layl. When it's got fatha, it means that thing that has been eaten. Yani the food. So according to the hadith, the Messenger sallallahu said, Eat the pre-dawn meal because verily the food it has blessings. The food has blessings and at that time and also when it has Dhamma Suhoor this is the action so the action of eating at that time there are blessings the food with Fatha the actions with Dhamma and that's similar to Wudu and so when we say wudu with dhamma, wudu, this is the action of ablution. And when we say wadu with fatha on the wow, wadu, this is the water that is used. So sahur is the food that is used to eat, or that is e- as eaten in that time. And suhur with dhamma. Is the act itself. And both meanings are applied in this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. After this, we say that this hadith, fihi dalil, ala istihbab suhur wa ta'khirihi, and in, in, in this uh, hadith, it shows that the suhoor is preferred, is mustahab, is highly encouraged. That the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he encouraged the ummah to take this suhoor. And this is, barakallahu feekum, from the wisdom of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As he's done in many of his narrations, that when he commands or encourages something, he gives something to encourage and motivate the ummah to do it 
and that is that he said فَإِنَّ السُّحُورِ فَإِنَّ فِي السُّحُورِ بَارَكَ فَإِنَّ فِي السُّحُورِ أو السُّحُورِ both of them apply بَارَكَ in it is blessings so the blessing the fact that there are blessings in suhoor then this no doubt motivates and encourages the abd and the worshipper to hasten to have the suhoor after this we mention some general benefits that we can take from this hadith the first benefit is amru sa'im bis suhoor and that is the command and the encouragement of taking the pre-dawn meal. The second benefit is that baraka, And in the pre-dawn meal, there are blessings. Regarding this point number two, we want to stay a little while and relax on this point to go further into it. Is that the ulama, they said the blessings can be dunyawi o dini. The blessings can be related to blessings in your worldly affairs or affairs connected to the dunya worldly affairs or religiously. Some of the ulama say blessings to do with the dunya and others say that it's blessings to do with the affair of your deen, the affair of the religion. And as Ibn Uthaymeen, Al-Alama Ibn Uthaymeen, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, and likewise Ibn Mulaqin, they mentioned that both apply. Both apply. And this is mentioned by Ibn Abdibbar, and likewise mentioned by Ibn Hajar, Al-Asqalani, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Ibn Mulaqin, bi khusus, specifically he said, وَيَجُوزُ أَن تَكُونَ الْبَرَكَةَ بِمَجْمُوعِ الْعَمْرَيْنِ And it's indeed viable that the barakah, the blessing, is to do with the blessings in the dunya, worldly affairs, and blessings regarding the religion. And then he mentioned various angles of blessings that can be taken or can be achieved by taking the suhoor, the pre-dawn meal. Awaluha, he said, the first of them is the sunnati wal-iqtida. The blessing of following the sunnah of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is, no doubt, a religious benefit. But indeed, if we think deeply, it's the benefit in this dunya as well. Following the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in all our affairs. Affairs pertaining to the dunya and affairs pertaining to the deen. Secondly, a second blessing is مُخَالَفَةَ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ فِي الزِّيَارَةِ فِي الْأَكْلِ عَلَى الْإِفْتَارِ كَمَا سَتَعْلَمُ أو تَعْلَمُهُ بَعْد يعني He's mentioning here that from the blessing is opposing the people of the book who did not take suhoor. Opposing the Christians and the Jews who did not do this act. And this he mentioned further as it relates to iftar. And that is that you find that the Christians, they start fasting at 12. And then they break fast way past sunset. Or sometimes they don't have any suhoor and they continually fast. But from the blessings that Allah has given to this ummah. From the khasais. From those specific Distinguishing characteristics of this nation, this ummah, the Muslims, is the suhoor. So it's encouraged. And in it, no doubt, this is a religious blessing. The third he mentions the taqwa, nishat, He said that in it, it strengthens the person that is fasting, especially the young children. Meaning that we have to encourage our children. As Shaykh bin Baz, Rahimahullah, Al-Alama, Shaykh Al-Islam, Imam, Abdul Aziz bin Baz, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. He mentioned that it is obligatory upon the parent to 
command and encourage their seven-year-old child to perform and do the fast. No doubt it's not obligatory. The child does not sin as the, the pen is lifted. But as you encourage them for salah, the prayer, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَأْمُرْهُمْ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فِي سَبْعَ Command them to pray when they're seven. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us to do that. So it's obligatory to command our children to pray when they're seven. And likewise he said, Ibn Baz, Ibn Baz rahimullah, as we encourage them to pray, we should also do the same and that obligation applies to fasting. We should make them do the same for fasting. So from the ways and the blessings of this as-suhoor and as-sahoor is that it could help our children by making sure that they have that pre-dawn meal would aid them in performing and practicing the fasting for the day. And it's, it's a form of tarweeb, yani a form of training for our children in sticking firm to the deen of Allah. Tabaraka wa ta'ala. And another point of benefit regarding the children, the ulama have mentioned that we should give them things to preoccupy them. Toys, paper, let them draw, let them write, so they can forget about the pangs of hunger. And this is mentioned by Ibn Uthaymin rahimullah ta'ala. Al-alam al-mufassal al-faqih. Imam rahimullah. So no doubt from the blessings, uh, back to the point of uh, 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 suhoor or taking the pre meal. And the pre meal is that it can aid our children as well. And us in being strong and being able to be have energy for the fasting day. The fourth he said is a tasabbub li sadaqa ala man yas'al idhak. And it's another means to do charity, meaning that we have another opportunity to feed somebody who may need to, to food at that time. So we can present and invite someone or we can send them food. And, and uh, at that time, some tamar, tumor, rotob, some dates or what pleases them. In order for them to have suhoor. So it's another opportunity to have another ibadah. So from eating the suhoor emanates another type of ibadah. Another type of worship. And that is sadaqah. And no doubt it's from the blessings on the abd. That when we are doing one worship. Another worship emanates from that worship. To get more reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of that no doubt is based upon al-ikhlas wal All of that is based upon sincerity and following the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The fifth he mentions is a tasabbub li dhikrillahi wa dua li rahmah fa innahu waqtul ijabah fa innahu waqtul ijabah And Ibn Malaqin he says in his A'lam that the fifth is that it's a, a means to remember Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala and to make dua to Allah for mercy and for his forgiveness Subhanahu. Because no doubt that is a period of the the du'as and the supplications being answered. The angle of this, Ya Ibad Allah, for us to reflect, is that that period, that third of the night, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descend, Halfil Mustaghfir, Aghfir Lahu, where He says in that third, that part of the night, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, is there anyone seeking forgiveness so I can forgive them? Whereas the norm or some will be asleep at that time. But with the extra ibadah of sahur, of eating the pre dawn meal, you're up already. You're awake. So then it's an opportunity to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another door has opened. Another door of worship has opened. There was sadaqah. Charity, now that door of dua, that door of making supplication and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, call unto me and ask and I will give to you. 
and I will answer. And this is the waqt al-ijaba, the period in which more likely the supplications will be answered. So you have your suhoor, you have your pre-dormant, and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make dua to Allah for mercy, forgiveness, for tawfiq, for hidayah, for ilm, for ta'ah, ya muqalib al-qaloob. Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh, the turner of hearts, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Establish and make firm my heart upon your religion. This is mentioned in the hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala wa ghayraha. The sixth he mentioned is تَسَبُّ فِي حُسْنِ الْخُلُقِ فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا جَاعَ رُبَّمَا سَعَ خُلُقَهُ He said, Rahimullah, that taking that pre-dawn meal is a way to maintain good character because you may get agitated by hunger. As is the norm for the human, you become lack, you lack an impatience and become more agitated when you're hungry. But this pre-dawn meal has a blessing in that it keeps that individual energized and it helps that person maintain that sabr, that patience to the Ghurub uh, al to Maghrib. And after that, he also mentions from the benefits is Tajiridun Niya as And that is that by default, no doubt that when the individual gets up for Sahur, they have made an intention to fast because you're doing suhoor because of fasting. So then you have your intentions in place. There are a difference of opinion from the ulama as it relates to the niyyah, to, to the intention. Some of the ulama, they say you have to make intention before every day. Yani you have to make every intention, like from the, you can make it from the night that you're going to fast tomorrow. Intention, which is in the heart. You don't say it in your tongue. You don't say, I'm going to fast. No. The niyyah... Intention is that harakat, is that movement that's in your chest that calls you to do something. So you have that intention in your heart when you wake up automatically by default when you wake up for suhoor. So by doing this, it removes you from being in that position of khilaf where the ulama differed because some say you have to have it every day, some say that it's enough that you have the intention at the beginning. Of Ramadan, which is no doubt a strong opinion. But to be safe, the one who gets up at Suhoor is Kharij and Khilaf. The one who gets up for Suhoor has now left the realms of the difference of opinion. Between the scholars, so he's in a safer position. Now, and know that this, these are some of the benefits and fruits and uh, blessings that we can get from taking a sahur. So it's a sunnah that we have to perform and do. And that's the second benefit with many benefits in it. Number three, And that is that there is no specific food that you must take in the pre-dawn meal. As the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said to Saharu inna fi Sahur Baraka. He mentioned it generally. The pre-dawn meal without any specific type of food. Without any specific type of food. I know that there are narrations saying that the best of your suhoor is a tamar, that the best of your suhoor is the dates, but that issue is debatable. Number four, Kamal and that is that the fairness of the legislation in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated fasting. Or you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you. And it's from the fairness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has given us opportunities in the night and before Fajr to eat and encouraged us to do that. In order to help us with that ibadah. And that no doubt shows the mercy. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his fairness to his ibad. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next is the husn ta'lim al Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As we mentioned. That in it is the excellent teaching 
method of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned the ruling and the wisdom and blessings and uh, motivation for following that ruling as we mentioned previously and this is no doubt from the wisdom of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to encourage his ibad showing to, to encourage the ibad of allah to encourage encourage the slaves of allah to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfill this ibadah of eating as-suhoor after this we go on to the next hadith hadith al-rabi' and that's the fourth hadith and that's an anas ibn malik and Zayd ibn Thabit radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma qala tasaharna ma'a rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thumma qama ila as-salah qala anas qultu li Zayd kam bayna al-adhan wa as-suhur qala qadru 50 aya kam bayna al-adhan wa that is the Anas ibn Malik عنhu, and also there's two narrations here that's Anas and Zaid two companions of the messenger وسلم, narrated that we had pre-dawn meal with the messenger وسلم, and then we prayed and then he stood to pray sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then Anas said Zayd. he said I asked Zaid, what was the time between the Adhan and the Suhoor what was the time between the Adhan and the Suhoor he said about 50 Verses, yani the time taken to recite 50 verses. The time taken to recite 50 verses. Regarding this hadith, an Anas wa an Zayd radiallahu anhuma fihi masail, with a few issues that we're going to deal with as it relates some points, nuqat, as it relates to this hadith. The first point is the tarjama biography of Anas ibn Malik. The biography of Anas ibn Malik. And we have already done that in Hadith al-Thalith, the third narration. So we'll go into the tarjama and the biography of Zayd ibn Thabit. His name is Zayd ibn Thabit al-Dahaq al-Ansari al-Khazraji. So Zayd ibn Thabit radiallahu ta'ala an was from the people of Medina, from the, ta- the tribe of Khazraj, from the Ansar the helpers of the Messenger those who aided and supported the Messenger when he came to Medina. He was 11 years old when the Messenger came to Medina. And he was from the ulama of the Sahaba, from the one of the most knowledgeable from the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the most knowledgeable as it relates to al-fara'id, inheritance, Zayd ibn Thabit. So if I were to ask you, what science or what category of knowledge was Zayd ibn Thabit of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam known for, I'm sure you would say, al-fara'id inheritance. And likewise, he was indeed from those who gathered the Quran in the time of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he was praised by Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, where he said, "Inna kashabun aqilun la natahimuk." He said that you are indeed a young man with sense and understanding and we will not doubt you. 
وقد كنت تكتب الواحي لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم You used to write down the, the, the revelation. And Zayd ibn Thabit was from those who did this taqeed, this writing, showing the encouraging or the encouragement to write. Zayd was one of those عنه, who used to write. قَدْ كُنْتَ تَكْتُبْ الْوَحِي لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ he used to write the revelation from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And therefore he was commanded to gather the Quran in the time of Uthman ibn Affan. And he aided Uthman from the virtues of Uthman ibn Affan. He got the Quran that was spread in different pages and put it into one Mus'haf. And put it into one Mus'haf. And Zayd ibn Thabit helped him in that regard. He died in Medina, Zayd ibn Thabit, in the year 45. Point number two, and that is the title of this hadith. The title of this hadith. And that is... We can put a title of this hadith أَنَّهُ بَيَانَ وَقْتِ سُحُورِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. The title of this hadith is clarifying the time that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam he took the suhoor. And no doubt this is clear from the statement here تَصَحَرْنَا مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. And then when he was asked كَمْ بَيْنَ الْعَذَانِ وَسُحُورِ قَالَ قَدْرُ خَمْسِينَ آيَةً we took pre-dormant with the Messenger and it was between the Adhan and the Sahur was between was 50 or the time taken to recite 50 verses. So that's the title, clarifying the time the Messenger took his Sahur. Point number three. Point number three, and that is a statement of Ibn Mulaqin, Rahimullah. Where he mentions that from this hadith, he goes, "في هذا الحديث دليل على استحباب الصحور وتأخيره إلى قبل طلوع الفجر الثاني." And he said that from this is a proof of the encouraging or the uh, uh, the importance to hasten in uh, taking the suhoor and it being highly recommended to be delayed. Up until the second Adhan. The Adhan of Um Al-Maktum. The last Adhan. Not the first Adhan. The second Adhan. And that is the intent here. Intent here with the statement of, uh, of uh, Zaid and uh, Anas regarding the Adhan. And that's the Adhan of Thani. The second Adhan. And likewise... We have the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu clarifying this where Inna Bilalan Yuadhinu Bilail Fakulu Washrabu Hatta Yuadhina Bana Um Maktum. As the Messenger sallallahu he mentioned in this hadith which is in Sahil Bukhari and a Musnad and in Sahih Muslim and a Musnad of Imam Ahmed and Bayhaqi that he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, verily Bilal, he says the Adhan at the night time, meaning before Fajr. And the wisdom of Bilal, radiallahu ta'ala an, calling the Adhan at that time is for the person that is doing the night prayer to know that Fajr is getting closer. So he said, Inna Bilal and yu'adhinu bil-layl, that verily Bilal, he calls the Adhan at the night time, meaning not, it's not Fajr, but it's the first Adhan. فَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا So eat and drink حَتَّى يُعَذِّنَ بْنُ أُمْ مكتوم. So eat and drink until Umm Maktoum رضي الله تعالى Anhu صحابيٌ جليل He does his Adhan, and that's the second Adhan. So when the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he mentions 
or rather when Zayd and Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma when they mention bayn al-adhan wa suhoor the adhan that they're talking about is the second adhan to signify fajr has come in so between the eating of suhoor and the adhan the second adhan not the first adhan the second adhan is the t- a period of 50 verses recited 50 verses recited after this we mention now some benefits that we can take from this hadith on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first benefit is mashru'iyyat al-suhoor wa ta'khirih. The first benefit is the legislation of taking the suhoor, the pre-dawn meal, and delaying it. And delaying it. And the second that we can take from this hadith أَنَّ بَيْنَ الصَّحُورِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَالصَّلَاةُ الْفَجْرِ قَدْرُ قِرَاءَةِ خَمْسِينَ آيَةٍ قَدْرُ قِرَاءَةِ خَمْسِينَ آيَةٍ And that is that the time between the messengers take messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم taking his pre-dawn meal and fajr was the time approximately 50 verses recited between that time. And on this, the ulama have mentioned that it's a balanced recitation. Not quick and fast recitation and not slow. A balance, mutawasita. A balanced recitation. Medium pace. 50 verses between sahur and the fajr. This is the period that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he took his sahur, Nam 50 verses, medium pace, recited. The third benefit that we can take from this is, حِرْسُ الصَّحَابَ عَلَى الْإِجْتِمَاعِ بِالنَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَى وَسَلَّمْ لِيَتْعَلَّمُوا مِنْهُ And this shows, also in this hadith, the enthusiasm of the companions of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in seeking knowledge. By sitting with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, by sitting with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and sitting in his gatherings in order to seek knowledge. This shows the enthusiasm of the Sahaba, of example here of Anas and Zayd radiallahu anhumah. But there's another lutfah, another benefit, and it's the tawadu' and the humility of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, who's a Sahabi, also taking knowledge from another companion. Asking Zayd, Kam al adhani wa suhoor? Asking Zayd for knowledge. What is the period between the adhan and the time that we took suhoor? And this shows that humility and the tawada of the sahaba radiyallahu anhum. And this is something that we need to practice. And that is these companions, as Abdullah ibn Mas'udin radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal, فَهُمْ أَبَرُّ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ قُلُوبًا اختارهم, رسول الله اختارهم الله تبارك وتعالى لسحبة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكما قال رضي الله عنه He said that these Sahaba, the companions of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم have the purest of hearts They have the purest and pious they have the most righteous of hearts. They have this humility. And this is here in this hadith an example of this. And that's why the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them. From the reasons why Allah chose them to be the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Immense virtue. To be the sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in. And their tawadha and their humility is shown here in this fact that Anas asked Zayd to acknowledge from Zayd he wasn't haughty or arrogant took this knowledge from Zayd radiyallahu anhuma ajma'in man tawadu'a lillah rafa'ahu as I mentioned this sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said whoever is humble with Allah Allah raises him 
humble because you want to seek that knowledge. Allah raises you. And no doubt Allah raised the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So from the benefits of this hadith is Hirsu Sahaba ala ijtima'i bin Nabi sallallahu minhu. The Sahaba they had this enthusiasm of gathering with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi to seek knowledge from him. And also we can add to that seeking knowledge from themselves, between themselves. The fourth benefit Karam in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa tawadu'uhu and that is the humility of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his generosity by gathering with his companions. He is Rasulullah Khatim Nabiyyin, the seal of the prophets, Khayru Bashar the best of man sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he gathered with his companions and this you know from the hadith Jibreel and many other narrations of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he gathered with his companions and from this is a very nice benefit also and that is مشروعيه المبادره بالصلاه الفجر and this shows that the correct opinion is to pray Fajr in its early time. As is the correct opinion, some of the ulama from the Ahnaf claim and say that delaying the Fajr is better within the time, of course. But the correct opinion is Al-Mubadara, is that we should pray the Fajr Salah early. And this hadith signifies that. And that the Adhan, that the Fajr began, the Messenger وسلم, was strict regarding the timing of the Fajr. And that they stopped eating when the Adhan of the Fajr came, which meant that the Salah was to be prayed. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam. After this, my beloved uh, brothers and sisters, we have finished this hadith. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for the hadith of Anas and the hadith of Zayd ibn Thabit radiyallahu ta'ala an. I believe with this, insha'Allah, we can conclude today's lesson with these two narrations. And bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we'll continue with the other narrations on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam next week and dealing with the mufattirat those affairs that break once fast which can be extrapolated from the future narrations that we're going to study insha'Allah هذا والله أعلم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين